Welcome to the Wise Men Say preview show. We're here to look back at someone's first defeat of the season against Burton Albion on Tuesday night and look ahead to the home game against Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon, of course, on Saturday afternoon. I'm Matthew Keeling and I'm joined this evening by Jimmy Ray. Hello, Jim. How are we? Hello. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad at all, Merth. It's uh, nice to have you back on. And mm-hmm. speaking of nice to have people back on, I'm joined also by Graham Atkinson, who hasn't done a Wiseman's Hit podcast for, well, thousands, Graham. How, how are we? Thousands of years. Ah, yeah, good, thanks. Good to see you. It's been, uh, it must have been about five years. So we've had a, you know, I've had a child. It's been a global pandemic. Let's, let's hope for less eventful uh, circumstances between now and the next appearance. Well, I hope so. You know, you, you mean you never know, do you? But uh, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, I guess. But uh, no, nice to have you on, mate. Um, we'll be looking. Well, we'll start by, of course, looking at uh, the defeat on on Tuesday. Did did either of you get down to Burton? Uh, no, unfortunately, I was on holiday up until uh, yesterday, so uh, sadly, I didn't make it. I was at one point going to try and try and get there, but uh, I was a bit far away over in Norfolk from Burton, so I decided to. To watch it on the stream instead. Oh well, Norfolk is uh, famously far away from anywhere in the world. So exactly. That is, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> I didn't go either because it was at work. Uh, I did watch it though. Um, I thought we played in in parts. I thought we started well, um, and I thought we played in, in parts really quite nicely. Um, we did sort of slip in the second half and allow them obviously to to win the game ultimately. Um, what did we make of it? The, for me, the, the turning point was the two one-on-ones, really. Um, I think if McGeady puts that away, then we don't have any issues. Um, I don't know what I don't know what you thought, Graham. I don't know if you agree. or Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, in some respects, it was like a League One version of the Spurs-Man City game at the weekend, wasn't it? The, the amount mm. of chances that that we had, you know, we should have we should have been well ahead early early doors. I think you're right. I think McGeady puts that that in the back of the net and it's a it's, it's a different kettle of fish um, I think you know what one of the things that we really sort of struggled with was just just putting it in the back of the net getting those clinical chances and, and, and putting putting them away and McGeady one on one do you want to fault anyone else probably not he's the ideal man but yeah just couldn't couldn't put it away no it was a strange one that I mean I- you, I agree. If there's anyone on the pitch you want that to fall to, it, for me, it is Aidan McGeady. But just running through, the, I just he just didn't look he didn't look comfortable with it. Weirdly, I, it was almost like, oh, I can't believe how clear I am here. And surely there's going to be because the, when 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 the camera panned to it, I was to be honest just waiting for waiting for the a defender to appear. <laughs> I couldn't believe he was like through like that. I don't know what. I mean, you know, he absolutely should have scored. The both trying to defend them to some degree. I thought the keeper did well. Keeper got he on the quickly, closed angles down. Um, you know, their centre halves were were onto him pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. I would, would have maybe preferred to see him side foot that with some power, place it mm. rather than the, try to dink it across. But well, no, I think yeah. I think the keeper made him. He did quite well because he came. He narrowed the angle, but he he didn't leave too much of a, a gap for him. But obviously, he saw him come off his line and tried to chip. But I think the goalkeeper was was actually quite clever, and he made himself quite big. And then 
Jim, we had the a similar chance for Ross Stewart. Had obviously probably slightly more more difficult, I guess. Um, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, I thought really that was more the the chance. I think Danny said it on commentary was like, actually if you're going to sort of try and lob the keeper from one of the two chances, I was I've said possibly Stewart's was was the better option to do that. He sort of just hit it straight at the keeper, kind of with quite a bit of power, but could really have tried to place it a bit better or, or lob the keeper because he was further out. I think the Gidi, um, similar to what Graham said, probably should have tried to place it uh, around the keeper in the bottom corner. The keeper did now he had the well, but even so, you'd, you'd, you'd back a player of Rodini's quality to finish that, even with a keeper in a, in, in a good position. So I was I was really surprised um, that McGeady missed, especially because there um, was so much space. As for Stewart, I think I, I thought it was a, it was a good chance, but I don't think it was quite as uh, far away from the defenders or quite as quite as good of an angle and stuff. I think really um, he possibly could have even. You know, tried to try to bring the ball a bit further forward before he before he shot, or, or try and lob the keeper because he was further out. I think there was more room to do that. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I do I do agree that it, it was a, a more difficult chance, and he did very well actually bring it down. His first touch was yeah. was fantastic, and not just on that occasion. To be fair, he did. He did a um, number of them throughout the game. He did. He? Like, yeah, he was really, really good at sort of you know winning, plucking balls out of the air with his chest or winning them to feet and. You know what? What I like about him, certainly more so than sort of other Algerman, especially at this level, is that he, he seems to name one. Really would you like to name one? Would you like to name it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there is another one who, who I think we, you know, who plays for Wigan, um, who you know would often be quite slow with with moving the ball. I think and, and often wouldn't use maybe his, his size and his, and and didn't have the pace. But Stewart is very seemingly reads the game quite quickly. He seems to have a picture of what he wants to do or where he wants to move and where he wants to move the ball before he's even got it, which means he'll often release the ball first time and make a run in the channel or make a run behind, which he did a number of times uh, against Burton. He also did it against MK Dons quite successfully as well. He did. No, um, he did. And his chance obviously came against Burton from a sort of manoeuvre like that, where he was sort of giving it and going and ended up in behind um, with a one-on-one, which obviously is the aim of what he's trying to do when he's making those flicks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think he'll... He'll know he should have scored. Uh, we'll let him off for now because he has obviously had two and two before before that game. But um, obviously, from a striker's point of view, he should always want him to score one on ones. Uh, I think he could have done a bit better, but I think if you're going to look at the two chances, I think Mr. McGeady's is probably the one way you're thinking you've got to do a lot better there. Um, I agree. No, I, I agree with that. I think I, what was quite pleasing, it, it, there were obviously a few things that weren't so pleasing in the second half, but what was quite pleasing, Graham, was the the ease really that we did get through Burton a few times. I mean, there was a there was a move um, in the first half which the referee inexplicably gave a goal kick for. I think McGeady uh, got in behind with a shot, but there was some lovely build-up play. Certain was involved. I think Dan Neal was involved. Played a lovely ball to Certain initially. Um, it was nice to see us get get through teams that easy, that easily. Really, it's just a shame that. We just couldn't. We just weren't clinical enough. It just it, it, it feels like that. Arguably, that was probably the best performance of the season so far. So to to come away with 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 nothing is just sort of compounds the frustration. But I thought, you know, especially the first half, thought we just pinged it around one two touch, um, brought the lines well. Um, could we have played a little bit higher up the pitch? 
possibly. But you know, as soon as the, we missed that McGee, the, the McGeady chance went awry, I felt that that got their tails up a little bit. And there, you know, you could see um, Hasselbank was kind of um, shouting them forward, push up, push up, and I think that that did make us. I wouldn't say panic a little bit at the back, but um, it just made us have to think that a little bit quicker. And um, I thought we, we struggled to get that passing game going again. Um, certainly as, as, as effective as it was in the first 20 minutes. So, um, but yeah, overall, I think it was by far, for me personally, I've played by far the best we've played so far this season. So yeah, come away with nothing. It's, it's frustrating. I think frustrating was the word. I'd probably use rather than like, you know, gutted or not even particularly yeah. annoyed, really. Just like, I think um, the, obviously we'll, 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 we'll talk about the goal that never was in a minute, but it's disappointing the way we, we did concede and Burton did have a couple of chances as well. They hit the inside of the, uh, the post as well. Johnny, I think it was a Johnny Smith who scored the goal, which was a nice finish to be fair. It was, it was, um, it's just it's just a shame, and then after that, they really did get the tails up. And if we're being honest, they probably could have had a couple more. Um, yeah, if we're saying well, that we had it, our chances, then I think they did too. It's worth remembering that going into that game, um, both of us and Burton had won both of both of the two games. Obviously, Burton now three and three. And I was looking at some stats. I can't remember the exact figures, but the gist of it was they since Hasselbank took over. If you include the back end of last season, they're on a really, really strong run of results. Um, really, really, you know. Yeah, I think it's something they like were, seventeen wins in twenty-five games. Yeah, exactly. Wins. I mean, they were they were you know odds on to go down. I think you know up until you know early part of this year, back end of last season, and they put up, put together a, a big run. And I think they're a side obviously full of confidence. I must say, like that, like like, like Leia mentioned earlier on, we. we they weren't uh, at the races. So they, had, they were playing the high line, but they weren't actually pressing the ball. And I think that was our chance to really sort of get a goal early and pull away. And, and missing those chances, I think, kind of ignited in them a belief that actually maybe they could, you know, push on a bit. And because they did seem to get a lot better um, quite quickly because they were pretty yeah. lagging at the start. To be fair. I mean, it looked like I wasn't too worried even that we missed those chances because it looked like we were just going to, we were just cutting through them at will, really, um, you know, quite early on. And it sort of seemed that, well, we haven't scored that one, but we'll certainly get some more. But all of a sudden, they just improved quite markedly. And obviously, um, that resulted in them scoring that goal, having a couple of other chances. I mean, I think it was, we still presented a threat to them, I think, all game. It was just a case of they they, they sort of started poorly and grew into it, whereas we sort of started well and then sort of faded off a bit. I think maybe a bit of, the players thinking, oh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? Because we just kept having chances and, you know, missing the one-on-one. There was a few other chances where we nearly scored the Nagini shot being one. There was obviously another shot from Winchester where he struck it really well with his left in the second half. But I thought that was, that, I thought that was fine in the, in the top corner, to be fair, when he first hit it. But yeah, it was a good strike. Was it wasn't quite as in the corner as it first appeared and obviously it was straight to the keeper. But it was that kind of, that kind of thing where we were, you know, we would, in, that was a good, a good technical move as well to lead to that goal. There was a couple of one-twos leading up to it, I think. And, and it was just, there was very good fluid play, but I think there was also a lack of end product, really, um, insofar as we kept missing chances, ironically, right up until the one at the end, which we did. Well, we score. did. We did. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. And that was, that was another good move, one of many. Um, and it was frustrating, to say the least, 
the circumstances and obviously there's big debates about whether it was or wasn't offside but um, I think it's it was close I, you can't really say oh it was definitely onside and you can't it's hard to say the opposite as well I think it is it is great it is a, a great a bit of a grey area that one it's hard to tell from the video conclusively well, either yeah, way no it, it is and I, I think just it, it's frustrating because you're never really going to know and you can't yeah. from from the angles and the pictures you know from the stands that we look to have had um it's hard you can't have a go at the lines and really forgiven that it does look marginally offside um but it, i think that's typical of the of the way the, the game was going i think we we were watching it and my mate said to me we would get a penalty tonight and miss it um yeah did, did going on in the second half <laughs> feel like one of them nights and well, the the goal obviously the disallowed goal was was frustrating, and um, it, it would have been nice to to nick a point at the end, um, Graham. But I, we we mentioned we talked about on positives, so um, to not really talk about any negatives this evening, actually. <laughs> but I'd like to sing. I thought Dan Neil was was fantastic in the field again. I thought he was um, just he looks a real player to me. He does. I mean. I have to be honest and say, you know, I wasn't sure what I was expe- going to expect from this season. And I agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, and, and I'm pleasantly surprised. I think it, it, he's clearly head and shoulder. Well, he is performing well ahead of what I was expecting. What I would have thought. I thought he would come in and do a job. Um, he's come in and probably been one of the standout players in the squad. So, um, yeah, I think. He, he has to be starting. Uh, every, uh, if he's fit, he has to be playing in that midfield role. I don't think we can have him at, at, at fullback. Um, it, it's it's Neil and Evans, Neil and um, well, nine, isn't it? Really, I mean, I, I think, think that's, so. that's the headache yeah. for yeah. for Johnson. I think he's made himself arguably undroppable. I think he did. It was himself, his, his forward, his forward passing. You know the amount of sort of through balls. And, yeah, and that's it. Really, he was. He seemed to instigate attacks so much more regularly, really, than any other mid. And I know obviously that was that was clearly his his given role and started on Tuesday. But I think just in general, his ability to do that, like you say, means he really, from an attacking point of view, he's so good at starting moves. I mean, the way he was able to pick out the overlapping runs from Sirkin, he was able to pick out runs from Charles from Stewart. He was even able to sort of switch the play quite quickly as well. There was a couple of times where Winchester would sort of be in space and Neil would be kind of on the left-hand side and he'd switch it out quickly. I think he's always looking to progress the ball forward, which we've sort of lacked a midfielder with that kind of base sort of instinct to do that, I think. And that's been an issue for us off and on throughout the time we've been in League One to not have sort of ball-playing progressive passing coming from the midfield to create the the very chances that we need because we can't always pump a ball into the box and expect to win a header. We can't always rely on McGeady to skin somebody and put it in the top corner. Sometimes we need, you know, quick passing to quick passing from midfield to get someone in behind them. Instead, you know, Sirkin particularly looks looks like he he's on the wavelength with Neil. Where he will make runs and Neil will find him. He seems to be quite aware of that. He's doing it quite successfully. And I, I think, think um, I like Sirkin. Um, I think he started quite well. I think he's lacking a bit of sharpness. Um, he's, he, I think he's definitely tired towards. Obviously, he was taking yeah. off. He's, he's, he's willing though, isn't he? You know, he's, oh, he's willing yeah, yeah, to get yeah. forward. He's willing. He's not bad defensively either. He keeps the handle. Um, whoever he's been up against relatively well. I mean, 
realistically, like you say, he is rusty. He's, he's not played a lot of first-team football anyway. But I think as an early signs for a, what we hoped would be a pro- very promising signing, it's looking pretty positive. I agree. No, I think he does. I think I think he, I think he's looking like he's good sign. He just needs to get up to to match fitness and match speed. Really, I think. Well, speaking of fullbacks, um, unless we've signed him in the last fifteen minutes, um, Huggins from Leeds um, looks to be on his way. There's a bit of confusion whether is it Niall Huggins? I've written it down, but I can't read my own handwriting. Um, yeah, I think it is Niall. Yeah, look, um, uh, yeah, it looks to be on his way in from. From Leeds, um, either on loan or a permanent transfer, I believe it looks now more like a loan, given what Bielsa was saying in his press conference earlier, saying that he basically sanctioned the move because they've got ample cover. Um, and then obviously Luke Aylin plays there. Um, but I, I believe he's a versatile fullback who can play on either side, um, which is, yeah, that's what we're after, isn't it, really? I think so. I mean, didn't Johnson mention that in in one of his press conferences that he was looking for a a fullback who could operate on either flank, and that yes. might might mean it, you know he was one less on the shopping list because of that. So yeah, I think it sort of ticks the box. Apparently, he's played he's played in in midfield. So again, that that kind of versatility. Um, yeah, don't know much about him beyond that. Um, I think he's been. I think he played. Did he make his debut against Arsenal? I read. Yes, he uh, did. Premier League. Uh, played six. After, yeah, they played sixty minutes or came on after sixty minutes. Um, and I think Bielsa's had him in the squad mm-hmm. eight or nine times last season. So he obviously, you know, he's obviously quite highly rated at Leeds. And yeah, it's another another addition that uh, I think similar to Sirkin, it's kind of like the best barometer we have is, is that the Leeds fans don't seem particularly pleased that he's got that he's leaving. Um, he's right, yeah. Known or, Apparently similar to how a lot of the Spurs fans were with Circuit. So I think obviously you've always got to take uh, positive or negative the fans of the, the other club, quote unquote, uh, with a pinch of salt, because I think that sometimes um, fans will be overly negative about players they don't like, even if they're not that bad. And sometimes we'll be overly positive about players we may highly and don't want to see But I think um, judging by the fact he's played in the Premier Bielsa, uh, if it just turns to be alone, that, that that in itself is an indication they don't want to lose him. Um, they're not going to be in League One anytime soon because they think he can play at a higher level than, than that. So could be a win-win for both parties. Um, equally, if it is a, a permanent move, it you know it, it shows desire for him to want some first-team football. Similar with Turkey, he could have stayed at Spurs. You know, probably got another couple of con- you know got, got another couple of years on it, some kind of youth contract and, and played in the under-23s, but he hasn't done. Um, obviously. Huggins appears to want, want something a bit more as well, as, as did Roy Ben from Everton. So I think it's quite a good market to tap into that we seem to be kind of focusing on these lads who have sort of had their fill of youth team football, have been on the fringes of Premier League first teams and generally that would suggest I think they're probably good enough for League One. Um, hopefully he's another one who's like that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, providing Huggins... Uh, comes in. Um, would either of you like to see any more additions? I personally would like to see us sign um, a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, Vito Manone. Well, <laughs> allegedly, I mean, I'd be, I'd be more than happy with that. I think we all playing at Monaco, even if he's not starting for Monaco, he's still, 
you know, he's he is he's he's definitely going to be good enough to play in League One, isn't he? So I think he's I move. think he's been uh, I think he must have got confused with his League Ones, to be honest. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. think the goal, goalkeeper would would be would be a good move. I think um, get Patterson out on loan. You know, maybe a, another League One side further down the the league or um, League Two side chasing chasing promotion. Yeah, that, that might be a, a sensible move. Yeah, I think in terms of goalkeeper as well, it it, it almost feels like we need like a, a sweeper keeper. Someone if we're, mm. we're going to have possession of the ball a majority of the matches, which you know we, we seem to do in in League One. Um, and we, if we are sort of playing them all of a high line, um, do we need someone who's who's off the line quickly? Someone who reads the game? Someone who's going to make that long pass? A Pickford-esque type type player? Um, is is I suppose Minoni is better with his feet than than Burge? Um, yeah, I'd but I'd take Minoni. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, well, I think Minoni wasn't. No, no, sorry, Jim. I, I was just, I'm probably going to say yeah, the sorry, same sorry. thing. It's my, it's my bad internet again. Apologies. I was just going to say that Manone maybe wasn't known for distribution and playing with his feet in the Premier League, but I think at League One level, he's, he's going to probably be a cut above pretty much everyone else. And um, distribution, obviously, was an issue that led to a goal against us on Saturday and played on. So I think if we can try and nip, nip distribution issues in the, in the buzz, if we're going to play this kind of more expansive style with it. With a higher quality keeper, I think that'd be good because I'm not as against Burgess. I know some are. I mean, I, I know I'm aware of his flaws, but I do think he does. He does offer some. You know, he's, he's a good shot taker for this level. He's, he's a perfect adequate keeper for a League One team. But I think, given we're clearly aspiring to be more than that as we should be, finally this season, um, I think if we can get somebody who is an above average League One keeper, um, that would be great. So I think someone. If not Manone, someone like Graham says who can distribute the ball, um, play a bit more of a sweeper role, inspire a bit more confidence in the defence and everybody else in the stadium as well. Um, possibly the birds sometimes does, then that would be great. No, I, I agree with that. I was was literally going to say the same thing that he wasn't known for his distribution. That was a criticism of him in the Premier League sometimes, but um, obviously he's going to be better. Than, than League One goalkeepers that was their feet. So yeah, I suppose, that the, I suppose the caveat would be, you know, like like how long has it seen, been since we've actually seen him play? So yeah, he's had I think uh, a loan spell at Minnesota. Mm. Um, hasn't hasn't played too many games from Monaco. I think um, he went to Reading. I know he was at Reading when he left. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest downside, like Graham, isn't it? The the lack of game time he's had for me as well. I think that that when I first saw it, I thought, oh great! And I thought, oh wait, actually, has he actually played any football recently? Like that, was, and I think that what you said there, so actually, he probably hasn't done. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that is definitely something we need to be aware of before getting too excited. No, I, I agree. Think, I, I think if he's if he's anywhere near the level he was at. When he was here last, you know, he's 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 going to be number one, isn't he? So that's the that's the thing to think about. But he's only thirty three as well, so it's not as if you know he's. Yeah, I thought he was older than that. I, I did. Yeah, he's, I only, did. he's only a year older than me, which makes me feel old. You are thousands. <laughs> well, and that, um, well, I think that sort of wraps up the first half of the pod. As my dog joins us on the podcast, um, the 
when we'll take a quick break now and uh, when we come back we'll look ahead to Saturday's uh, game at home to Wimbledon The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the discount code WMS10 at the checkout stage. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Matt Keeling and Rory Fallow, available from your usual podcast platform. For more information, just search for From the Terraces. Welcome back to Wise Men's Say Preview Show. Uh, Sullivan face Wimbledon at home on Saturday. A game, actually, which I miss. I'm going to Leeds for Stad do tomorrow, so I unfortunately miss the resounding victory um, against Mark Robinson's Dons. Um, Wimbledon are unbeaten, though. They started the big Doncaster on the first day of the opening day of the season. Um and they've drawn against Bolton and Gillingham since then. And they've also beaten Charlton in the League Cup. I don't really know much about Wimbledon, you'll be surprised to know, other than um, they don't like Milton Keynes very much. Which... <laughs> don't know why that would be. <laughs> I don't know, someone might need I'm, I'm probably not the person to go into that because I will offend people. Um, but, but yeah, they've obviously lost uh, Piggott as well, who I believe yeah. went, I think followed everyone else in the league and went to Ipswich. Um, he might have gone somewhere else. And then Ipswich buying the, buy the league, buying the league, aren't they? Shane yeah. won yet, but you know. Well, they lost to Cheltenham <laughs> Town the other night, uh, Joe Piggott. I'm just Googling Joe Piggott. He does indeed play for Ipswich. Um, yeah, so they've obviously lost him uh, from from last season. Last season's home game against Wimbledon was obviously that one, which should never have went ahead, really. Um, it was the one where the squad was decimated. Uh, I mean, even, even Will Grigg had to play, I think, didn't he? Um, at one yeah, point he did. Even, yeah, even Will Grigg. <laughs> that's, when you know, that's when you know there's problems. Yeah, that, was, that should never have happened. And obviously, we drew um, one... One, I think Bailey Wright might have equalised late on. Um, but I've looked at their squad, li- squad list and unfortunately I don't really know anything about any of them. Um, but we did beat them as well last season. 3-0 away. Um, our old striker. What was his name? Charlie White. That's that guy. He <laughs> <laughs> scored a hat-rick, one of, one of his hat-ricks last season at Wimbledon. So, um, In terms of the team... Obviously, Corey Evans is still going to be missing, and we've already said it's Dan Neil and one other. So, is it Dan Neil and 09 to continue for both of you? I think so. I think options are limited, really, in that in that sense. Of just at the moment, until we get a few more bodies through the door, and uh, yeah, for me, I think I would I would persist with that. Uh, what yeah. yeah. How about you, Jim? Yeah, I, I think the same. Um, I mean, the caveat being, obviously, if Corey Evans is fit, I would play him. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I just think he's better in midfield than Nicola Niners. But, uh, yeah, given the options available, certainly um, Dan Neal shouldn't be anywhere near the bench. He should be starting. And um, 09, um, I think, to be honest, I I know I'm a, I'm a big fan of Paul Winchester, um, but, and I think he's quite good at right-back as well. So I'm quite happy for him to continue there. 
and then I was continuing midfield. A lot of people would like to swap that. I would, I, would, I would swap that. Uh, I would have that swapped. I mean, um, O9's probably a better right back than Winchester, but possibly a bit. I think maybe uh, Winchester would be a bit more similar to Neil. I think O9's quite different to Neil, so they probably work quite well together. Um, I think. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would have uh, O9 and, and Neil in the middle and Winchester right back. I guess the only other option really would be to drop Embleton in there and bring in Pritchard um, as the 10. But uh, I think Embleton needs to continue where he is for me, really. Um, That's the point, actually. Pritchard, um, I thought he did really well when he came against first. I thought he did okay. He that shot. Um, I don't know if he's maybe ready to start yet, but I think sooner or later there's going to be a conversation around that, isn't there, about whether, whether he deserves to be starting and Embleton needs to move. Although Embleton, to be fair, still very well as well. It's a good problem to have, really, having sort of a couple of number tens who sort of, who seem to be seem to be in form. I think possibly Hamilton would be more um, sort of flexible in terms of position than Pritchard. I think Pritchard probably would need to play um, in the number ten. So yeah, hopefully that's a problem that we'll we'll, we'll come across soon, which will be a good one for us. Well, yeah, no, it is nice to you know have a couple of options for once. We don't seem to ever have that so that that is nice obviously out wide you you're looking at Gucci and McGeady on the, on the wings again I didn't I, I thought McGeady he obviously missed the chance I didn't think he had a great game on Tuesday I thought he um I, I think maybe it, it's it's probably no fault of his own that the tactics don't seem to be just give the ball away to McGeady anymore so he's probably involved less yeah um so would it would you would you would you move him out of the team at all, or would you would you would you would you keep the the Gooch and McGeady on on the flanks? I think I, w- I think I would persist with McGeady. I know what you're saying. He he was sort of quiet um, against Burton. I think he has that habit of of coming narrow, doesn't he? And 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 then you're you're left with Zirkin to 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 provide the the, the left back to, to provide the width. And I, I don't know. I'd like to, he seems to. He seems to have a go at the fullback early in the in a game, to just sort of get the feel of things, mm. and then makes his way narrow into midfield. And, and as, as the game sort of moves on, I'd like to maybe see him just stick with that a little bit more and and, and stick to the stick wide, stay a bit, a bit wider for, for longer in the game. Just I, I feel like that's his clearly his strength. Um, I, do, I think we've got a, with with nail. With especially with Evans, we've got enough in midfield where I don't think he needs to do that. There's people who can get on the ball and obviously be yeah. pinging around. Yeah, so. definitely. No, I would agree. I, I think um, in terms of coming inside and having to force them passes, I think Dan Neal's there to, to do that, as, as you say. Um, other positions, obviously, Ross Stewart continues up front. Yeah, um, he had another great game, didn't he? He did, I mean, I he, think he was excellent. We were all hoping he'd hit the ground running as the main striker this season. I think he's certainly at the very least met expectations, I'd say arguably exceeded a lot of people's expectations as far as he's got two goals in three games. He's been lively. He's, he, I think he, he's, he's got an assist as well, hasn't he? Has he been on assist on? Possibly well, he won, on well, he won, he won the penalty, didn't he? he? He was heavily involved in Hamilton's goal as well. Yeah, and he's won the penalty. So I think he, basically he's the kind of centre forward that made things happen. Yeah, he's good in it. I think he's a lot, you know, uh, he's a lot better with a ball at his feet than I ever thought he was. Was at Things seem to happen around him, and he's in. Oh, I think we've lost. 
Jim there. Jim, hello. Right, anyway, uh, Ross, uh, he's a lot better with his feet than I have. Well, than I've given hello, credit can you for. hear me? Sorry. You can now. Um, I was just saying about um, Ross Stewart's technical ability with his feet. Um, he's a lot better than I, I ever thought he was last season. Um, now he's had a run of games, and I think he's. I think that's sort of key to the way that we're playing and we're not. We, you mentioned earlier, um, one of your apologies, I can't remember which one it was. We, we're not just looking for the long the long ball now because we, we don't need to because he's so good with with his feet and with a ball on the deck. Um, in terms of the defence, Sirkin obviously came off, but I think that's probably just been a fitness issue, Graham. I don't really see... Any reason to you know mess about with the back the back four in particular? Obviously, I've said I'd rather nine was in mid was wasn't in midfield and was at right back, but that's probably not going to happen. I, I think with Sergan, he's he's having his preseason, unfortunately, yeah. you know, in the in the league, isn't he? So and he had COVID, uh, I think, a few weeks back. So probably all things being equal, if if we were. If recruitment has been a little different or a little further ahead with fullbacks, he wouldn't he wouldn't be starting. The fact that he's the only left back, I think it, Johnson's had to chuck him in. Um, it just means that when we do inevitably have to take him off because of his fitness, we're we're sort of shuffling the, the pack a little bit. Um, you know, when we're making subs, it's a bit like a Rubik's cube, isn't it? You get one side sorted, and well, well, yeah. kind of it goes out of place at, at the back where we're yeah. putting Dan Naylor or Gooch. Teacher at left back was it the other night? Yeah, um, I don't like that when that has to happen. Good. I think we should give Flanagan a go if we need a left back. He's played full back, hasn't he? So if Sirkin needs to go, move Flanagan out and and bring I, on Bailey Wright for me. I suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could do that. I, I mean, oh, I, I was going to. I was because I thought you, you were going to see him start Flanagan at, at, at left back, and you just think Flanagan and and uh, Doyle have. have Done really well as a partnership, and we saw. No, I think so. Well, yeah. Keep them too. No, I would. Yeah, no, I, I, I was concerned that Jim was ready to start uh, Tom Flanagan <laughs> left back there. No, no, sorry. Yeah, I meant, I meant if we need, if we need an in-game sub only, definitely don't want to start on that. On that well, that's fine. Now that you've explained yourself, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I think, and then the challenge for I guess uh, the defense as well is, especially for Doyle, is haven't they got a couple of big lads up front like that? Um, Ollie, is it Ollie Palmer? I think the, uh, the, yeah. the yeah, he's um, seven well, foot five yeah. or something. Ollie Palmer, yeah, you're right. Ollie Palmer, they signed him from Crawley. Uh, I think he's what about is, six five. I think. Yeah, he is, he is, he is six foot five. Yeah, so looking forward to that. So that'll be that'll be a, a, a test uh, for Doyle. But he, you know, he, Doyle handled Wyke, who's a big lad, particularly well um, against Wigan, and I think he's done fine. He's look, he's had he's had a few shaky moments, Doyle, but he's seventeen years old. He is a child. He's going to make the odd mistake. He's going to have the odd brain fart and maybe try something he probably shouldn't. And then and then overcompensate and, and, and all, you know by sort of trying to reclaim the ball and yeah. 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 He's, he's gonna, gonna make do those mistakes that. and that's why he's here, isn't it, to make them mistakes. No, no exactly. And I, I think I don't think he's made enough mistakes to for to be have any real concern. I think he's he's looked good. He, I mean he, I still can't 
believe that he's 17 years old when you watch him play. I think he's I think he's he's started really well by the odd shaky moment. Um well in terms of the match itself, um I'm obviously not going, but do we have any predictions for it? I'm gonna ask for scores and scorers. Graham. I think it'll be a close game. Um I think we should I think I'm going two one the lads. I think Stuart, I think M Bolton. Um they've got I think they've got a, a Pacey lad, I think that they've they've got um from the Rangers Academy, I'm trying to think of his name. Oh don't worry about their scorers. Don't um, care about them. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it'll be. A, I don't think it'll be an easy game. I think they'll, they'll provide. They've got a good blend of of physicality and and pace. Um, Another one ground think, out. Yeah, I think so. Right, Jim. What do you think? The probably um, the most I optimistic Sunderland fan in the world. Yeah, well, if only. I think. <laughs> um, I think possibly it will be tough, but I think. I, I think um, given the. Seems at the end of the game on on Tuesday. I think there's going to be some fire in the bellies of, our, of, of, of a few of our sides. So I'm going to go three 0 Sunderland. I'm going to go Stewart, and I'm going to go Gooch, and um, I think McGeady. I think McGeady will score as well. So I'm going to go three 0 Stewart, Stewart, Gooch, and McGeady. Well, I think I think if we start like we did against Burton and take the chances then we could make it into an easier game than it maybe should be. So I think if we do, I'm banking on us to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to go positive um, and I'm going to go 4-0. Um, yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. We're going to add Dan Neal. I think Dan Neal, Embleton, Stewart and what about, what about Doyle getting his first goal? That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be lovely. That would be very nice. Well, um, anything else to add before um, we get out of here and look ahead to the fantastic fixture that we've got to look forward to on Saturday? Which is massive for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> all that's uh, all that's left to say then really is um, enjoy someone's victory on Saturday, and thanks as ever for listening. 